Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to this CU Podcast, this stuffy CU Podcast for Tuesday, October 15th, 2019, alongside better than Pat Healthwise, Ian Ferguson. I'm Pat Contry. Today we'll be discussing, Ian, the end of Fortnite? Oh boy, it's That's, done. Yeah, it's done forever. Blizzard uh, somewhat stepping back their decision on the on the uh, suspension of their player over the Hong Kong protests. Uh, Enchanted Portals controversy, Ian. Uh, the Mike Postle poker scandal, if we get to it, a Patreon poll topic, and a Q&A. Uh, Ian, you've been playing uh, Killer Queen Black? Yeah, I have. I picked it up on Friday. I'd been looking forward to it for quite some time. Um, sad to get you. She's a killer. <laughs> I, I, wasn't, I didn't see this coming miles away. Um, miles O'Keefe. So, uh, yeah, it's a, if people who don't know what Killer Queen is, Killer Queen started in the arcade in 2013. Wow, um, that long. Yeah, I, uh, the team, I believe, is called Chicken Over Rice. I think they go by Bumblebear Games now. Um, it's a five-on-five. The original arcade game was a five-on-five um, team-based game that people said was similar to, like, an MMO uh, in terms of how it played. Basically, there's a queen on each side that's player-controlled, mm-hmm. and then there's a bunch of workers. Um, there's 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 four workers, and the goal is to win um, via one of three main methods. There's the uh, military victory, where you kill the opposing queen three times. Uh, an economic victory, where you uh, gather enough berries and take them back to your uh, home base. And then there's the snail victory, where you ride a snail back to your... Across the screen. Across the screen. And that's, that's one, it's like a tug-of-war almost, right? With one right, the with the snail is, is more like a tug-of-war. So, the game is 2D, um, and it plays... It's 5-on-5. Five 5-on-5. Five. Five five. At least it was in the arcade. And it uh, plays, like, the combat's a little bit like Joust. So combat. I'll, I'll, I'll jump to uh, Killer Queen Black. Killer Queen Black is four on four, but everything remains basically the same. So the win conditions are the same. Um, some of the main differences are they add new troop types. So in the original, you could only upgrade a worker into uh, a fighter, and they had a sword. Basically, you'd play like Joust and try to kill the other queen or the other warriors. You, you hit them on top and they die. Exactly. And they respawn after however many seconds. Uh, yeah, it's like three seconds. Um, in Killer Queen Black, uh, there is an actual attack button, which is nice to use. And um, not only are there sword soldiers, but there's also uh, laser rifle soldiers and morning star soldiers mm-hmm. and shield soldiers, which can ride the snail, which make it easier to, to move the snail along. So it's a really fast game, and until you like put your hands on it and start playing it, it looks like it's impossible to follow. But once you're actually playing it, um, it's easy to get in the zone and kind of try to figure out where people should be, pl- but like you know, putting their their effort at any point during a match. Sure. Um, I was surprised that uh, when I was pl- it's crossplay between um, between Switch and PC. I think it'll be crossplay on all platforms actually, and uh, that's good because something like this is going to one hundred percent thrive on its online community. So limiting it to just one system would be um would probably kill uh, the momentum behind it fairly quickly but as of over the weekend i played a ton of it um and, and each game is like what, like five minutes it, i mean they're fairly so it's it, it's best of three and i've had entire rounds go in like a minute and a half but i mean if the people are playing better yeah it's probably about five minutes five minutes because you can defend yourself and then you go for the other berries and try to counter yeah, I mean, yeah. But, but within within five minutes, something's happened. I mean, you you those three rounds have taken place, and it's it. not exactly a single screen. I mean, it's a gi- giant single screen, right? Yeah, it's one single screen. Yeah. There is no scrolling. There's no scrolling though. in this one. No, no, okay. you see you see everything on the screen. They compress it enough that you can see it uh, mm-hmm. you know, without scrolling. Okay, that's interesting because in the because remember this was a massive. If people ever saw it, it's a massive arcade uh, game. Yeah, with two, 10, 10, 10 players control panel. 
Yeah, they yeah. they do separate ones, and then they do they have a real big, I think, like total single unit ones. But um, I prefer the the single the multiple unit ones because they usually distance them so you can talk to your team while you're playing. Sure. Um, so my parents visited last week and uh, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty details of that. Um, that's that's why I'm sick though. My parents got me sick. which we'll get into. Um, went to the zoo which was good. Yes. The tigers were the, the, the fishing cat was, was running about was walking about first time ever with like 1.30 in the afternoon. That's the fishing cat time I guess. Um this is all you got to need to know about how well it went overall. They might be listening. Um, uh, my, my dad didn't ask to look at the, the new book or open it up. Didn't seem like he had any interest in, in looking at the book. Um, and then uh, it was my father's birthday on Saturday. Oh. And um, so on Friday, um, Friday they went out to eat for breakfast like, to Denny's. They came back and I said, you know what? I'll take you out tomorrow. I'll go to, we'll go to Breakfast Republic. It's like the best breakfast place. Sure. Breakfast Republic. Uh, let's do that. And my dad said, um, oh, it's like, 30, it's like $30 to eat breakfast. I'm like, I'll, I'll pay for it. It's, it's your birthday. So Saturday morning comes and I'm already feeling kind of sniffly. Um, I'm getting a little better. And then I don't hear anything. Like 8 o'clock, I'm in my bedroom. I don't hear anything. So my doors close. They, they had left to go to Denny's again. When I get back, I'm like, "What? What's happening?" Because they were leaving Saturday morning to, right. go up, to go up. They're driving up the coast, and my dad said, "Oh, I thought you were sleeping. We, I, I don't want to bother you." So then they packed and left. So that's how my experience went with my parents when they were over, and they got me sick. And the best thing when I, when I was getting really sicker on Friday, uh, my mom, my mom said to me, "Ian, it's all in your head." Uh, that that I'm getting sick, mm. which harkened me back to, um, I, I've I've mentioned it in a couple of NES Punk videos. I think one in particular I did a did a rant on it. I had about five perfect attendance awards in grade school out of out of the eight years. What was it K plus eight? I remember I, you telling me. I this. had about five, maybe six perfect attendance Cause, awards. Because your mom and, just told you to suck and, it up. And those years that I was sick was no more than one or two days each year. Was I mean no more? Right. I was probably I, I probably was out of school. In in nine years of grade school, I I probably was home for like a week and a half, out of out of nine years. That's not even a joke. And so it harkened back to that, and it it it, it triggered me in that moment where I was like, "Wow, th- yep, no, nope, I don't like this." So anyway, that was my that was my uh, <laughs> that was my my experience for like three four days. So uh, we got convention coming up, though, Ian. Yes, we do. We're going to be at uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo, and uh, that's this weekend in Portland, Oregon. Go to RetroGamingExpo.com. We'll be at the uh, half a mega booth, and it's October 19th and 20th. We're going to have uh, new enamel pins. Kieran will put the graphic up over here somewhere. Uh, there's a new limited T-shirt, and I'm going to have a, a, a li- somewhat limited quantity of the new Super Nintendo Guidebook. Uh, now it was my, not my intention, and I have to apologize to those that pre-ordered it. I, I thought by now it'd be in your hands, but things happen, unfortunately, and the shipment, uh, the different shipments for the warehouse versus going to the conventions, you know, the timing was off. But it will be at the warehouse uh, and ready to pack up and get sent out uh, next week, so it won't be too much more of a delay there. And if you're going to Retropalooza, which is the same weekend uh, put on by our by, by our pals uh, Billy and Jay in Arlington, Texas, this weekend. There's also going to be a limited amount of the Super Nintendo books for sale if you go to the Screenwave Media booth or if you go to the Game Brothers uh, booth run by my friend uh, Greg Honeycutt there. So they'll be available there as well. But uh, pre-orders they're coming soon. They're on the boat. I wish I could I could wish I could uh, you know speed it up. Fortunately, I can't. Uh, but yeah, that's what's going on there, and uh, we got we got a fun show lined up, Ian. Yeah, we got new merch, we've got new pins, uh, <laughs> we have uh, new colds. Uh, I'm looking. I, I I just saw the enamel pins. I really like those. You a did, lot, so. and there's going to be a new analog announcement that's going to happen. We'll tell about it at Portland. Yeah, we'll talk about that during our panel. We'll do our live podcast. I also have a panel, uh, a Tales from the Game Store panel with Matt Artem and Cody Spencer. Um, so that should be fun. Suing too. for trademark infringement there. All right, moving on. All right, Ian, you know where the official Battle Royale and Public Battlegrounds G uh, 
podcast, right? Yes. Well, on Sunday, Fortnite ended. Oh, I know. I, I, I mean, it's done. I, I was aware of that. They told me two weeks in advance because uh, we're so well, big. Well, Ninja, Ninja sl- slipped the information to me. He, ah, gotcha. he had, the, he had yeah. the skinny. He's like, hey, Pat, here's a text. Here's a screenshot that Epic Games sent me. So um, it was season 10. So remember, Fortnite's been out for like two years now. It's been like two years only. Yeah, and they're about to, so they I divide. Think it's two years in October. Oh, it's two years now. It's two years. Yeah. Okay. There so I didn't know if this was always going to be the timing, <laughs> but every I guess three months or so, they have a new season where they launch uh, new parts of the island. The island changes. They do stuff for like limited stuff, like they did like the Christmas thing with like you know, the ice and stuff and snowballs. And uh, Fortnite's done a great job of keeping things fresh to keep people interested in playing it via these seasons. And new offerings, and, and in partnering with freaking Marvel for the Thanos gauntlet, they did that last year. Remember, was that last year? Or this year? It's last year. They did it last. I think they did a. There was another one this year that they yeah. did, but I can't remember. But they do. But they do all these things that that keep it fresh. But then, boom, there's a there's a, 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 a basically like a uh, in game event that happens. If you're in the servers, you see it happen. The rocket in the middle of, of the of the field and the island launches up. You know, the, the sky has all these comets going on, and then it's like this three, four minute event. It had it had orchestrated music. Mm-hmm. Everyone saw this. This is incredible for like an online game like this to have an event like this that everyone sees. And then it just the universe implodes, and then even your player implodes in with it, and then it goes to black. And right. then it was like the biggest thing on the internet. So usually what happens is, you know, at the end of the season, these big events that will happen that people can take place and you can actually go in game and watch it happen. And it changes a large portion of the map so that the next season that you're playing on, at least something is different. Um, but yes, this time, uh, nothing. And the game is, as of right now, still offline. Um, so it's obvious that this is going to be more than just a simple map shakeup. Um, they're obviously changing some things. So a battle pass, uh, a battle pass trailer uh, for Chapter Two, Season One, is, is what it's being called. I, I believe was, it launched at Ian this morning. Was found by uh, data miners. And oh wait, the actual game. Yeah, itself. that's what I was trying to tell you. The oh, link was old I that I put you, on. <laughs> oh, I thought you were trying to talk about what it because the link talks about what's actually on there. Um. So. Uh, what it's adding is uh, things such as boats. Um, it's you can at, swim, swimming, you can fish. Uh, fishing. Uh, you know, appears to be in a moat. Um, uh, you can pick up and move your uh, team members around. So it's yeah. Launch an hour before the podcast recording. Oh, okay, gotcha. So um, it is more of a. You know, it, it, it's it's not like a, a a part two, but it's more than just a a minor shakeup. Um, I think people were inc- incredibly concerned whether or not all the stuff they bought was going to uh, carry over. Um, I think some people, <laughs> there's a lot of people on Twitter looking for uh, refunds. I honestly don't know these days anymore how much of that is people joking or how many people really think that they're just going to shut the game down well, and walk away. I don't have a Fortnite account to check to see if my skins were available when it relaunched as Chapter 2. I, I don't. But you have to realize that at some point you're going to stop playing these games no matter what, and then that money's gone. Right. The money's gone as soon as you spend it. You're not going to be able to get exactly. the money back for these digital items no matter what. For your silly hat or your, your NFL costume that you bought when they offered it, it's just not going to be there. That's the bottom line. Okay, so there's 13 new locations. Uh, let's see. Water-based gameplay, including swimming, fishing, motorboats, and more. You can also heal your team with the Bandage Bazooka or carry your teammates to safety. So that's interesting. Go. That'll promote more, you know, more interaction with the team. You know, you, so I, 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 if you're wounded, I guess you can be brought somewhere and you can be re- resuscitated in, in the team uh, mode. You can hide in haystacks, blow up environmental explosives, and upgrade a streamlined arsenal of weapons. And there's an all-new XP system, including medals you earn in matches. Okay, they're beefing it up. The fish is adorable. And one of the pictures here, a nice bright orange fish. <laughs> I mean, like, are you gonna be able to fish and just while the rest of the game is going on, well, like, like, no one's gonna shoot you? I mean, everyone I mean, said that it seemed. To, I mean, it initially looked like an emote, but I have no idea. 
Um, An emo if you're in the water fishing? I mean, (laughs) yeah, like you could set up yourself to make it look like you're fishing by the water. But who knows? I mean, they've done lots of other things. And in the free play mode, they, I mean, you you could technically just screw off and fish if they give you that option, I suppose. Sure, I guess if no one's bothering you. If there's fishing, I would be back. I I just want to reiterate how, I mean, the the amount of money that Epic's made through this. And with this event, they bought... They got so much free publicity from them just literally just ending the, the, this version of the game uh, that everyone was talking about it for two days. There were memes about people were literally streaming themselves watching the black hole. Yeah. Right? You couldn't get in the game. I can't think of another time where something just happened with a game like this, an online-only game where it took over sort of like the gaming world for a couple of days and everyone was like waiting for it to relaunch this quickly. Like. I would assume that it's probably happened with other with online RPGs. I know Final Fantasy fourteen had a big one where they had a when because the game launched and it was so bad that after a set period of time they literally had a meteor come down and wipe the game out and then they just like that was it and then um, sort of the that same wasn't thing. Then they put it back in. Well, it was it was big, but it also yeah it wasn't this big. I'm just saying it's 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 a example of some other time something like this has happened. Sure. Um, there's in the trailer they show carrying the teammate. They show this little gelatin-looking blobby guy that I guess you can play as or get a skin of, which is cute. Um, they show fishing. No, you're actually fishing. Yeah, I, I just checked. You yeah, can actually fish. You're actually fishing. It's not just an emote. Um, you can blow up uh, a gas station. You're racing and shooting on motorboats, which is cool. So they're adding some vehicles here. That that's awesome. The vehicles okay. were in the original. Oh yeah, they had the water ones. Yeah, the, the jeeps. Yeah. Um, Don't forget okay. shopping carts. That was very important. Oh, that's right. The shopping carts. Very yeah. important. So anyway, yeah, the amount of publicity they got from this is just for shutting down the servers for a while is, is you know, hundreds of millions of dollars of free publicity that they got from this. They didn't have to advertise it due to the fan base. It's not going anywhere after two years because they're keeping it fresh. Um, maybe it lasts another year or two. Maybe something else comes up. But the fact that they're constantly changing the game, they have so much money they can do that, you know? I don't know. I don't know what the lifespan of this game is going to be. I have no idea. It's it's hard to know. A couple of years, maybe another couple of years, three, a few. Well, I think with the yeah. way they're doing it, with the way things are divided into seasons and things are changing constantly, um, I think it's a better modern way of doing it than say. I mean, there are first-person shooters. You know, first-person shooters come and go, uh, but like a Call of Duty or like a traditional first-person shooter, they release a few map packs and that keeps it fresh for a year, but it's gone. Um, And then it kind of lives and dies on the quality of each iteration after that. With this being just a constantly updated game, I, I think it does keep it... It has the potential to keep it alive for longer when you know things are going to be shaken up every 10 weeks. Sure. And there's always going to be something new or different to look at and do. Now, the one thing that I will talk about in terms of, of them constantly changing the game is, of course, game preservation You know, and what happens if you want to go back and play You know, uh, Season 3 of Fortnite or maybe you like you know, the, the ice stuff they had during the holiday sure. one and whatever last year. How, what do you, how do you do that easily? You know, So that's that's something that will probably be addressed at some point maybe eventually they'll have all these different servers for each of the different seasons that you can get in with, with blizzard support you know but that doesn't that doesn't help their excuse me not blizzard jumping ahead uh, to epic games that doesn't help epic games bottom line to have you go back and play the old stuff they want you to keep playing the new stuff right i mean it's just that's how a free game gets going there uh so anyway yeah anything else to add here no you know you're gonna jump in and play probably not i installed it on on, on uh I mean, on yes, Switch, I'll play people, more than I normally do. People said on Switch it's terrible to play on Switch, but you know. I, it's been fine for me. I mean, but I'm not, some, I'm, I'd rather, not, I'm not hardcore. So. Well, I want a keyboard and mouse for something like that. I don't want to use the little thumb guys. You don't get the drift while you're battling in Fortnite. All right, Ian. Yes. It's been a, it's been a rough week in terms of uh, the, the Hong Kong protest news and Blizzard and the NBA. So the, the news has come out. Originally, they, they suspended... Um, their pro Hearthstone player for for a year and took away his prize earnings uh, for speaking out in an interview to, in support of the Hong Kong protests. But they uh, a Blizzard came out after major backlash and other Hearthstone players saying "screw you, Blizzard," etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and they decided that they're going to return the prize money um, that they took from uh, Blitzchung, um, and then they're going to reduce the suspension uh, from a year to what was it six months uh there and that was from the president of blizzard entertainment responded to that 
And he said the company's relationship with China had no influence on their decision. I to, find that to, to suspend be, Blitzchung. I find that to be an incredibly ballsy <laughs> thing to like let to actually try to have come out of your mouth. Of course, they can't. Even though this is what everyone's doing, and I mean, LeBron James just did it too. Everyone wants to, you know, make sure they're in China's best graces. Um, but I mean, he's not going to come up and just immediately go, "Yes, we did take." I, there's no instance where he's going to be like, "Yeah, yeah, it was China's. It was it was business considerations. That's why we did it." So he's going to lie through his teeth. Um, and then they went on to, uh, talk about, um, you know, the, their, their values and how, uh, you know, they were, applied the values, in, the, how they were applied in this <laughs> instance. So these values were brought up a, a number of times in the, uh, moments following, um, uh, following the, uh, the drama, um, because their, their, their values are. Uh, think globally, lead responsibly, and importantly, every voice matters. Um, and obviously, people had, took the had, took issue with those being the case uh, after Blitzchung had been um, suspended and and well fined or had his not fined but had his money withheld. So uh, this is how they're addressing it. First, our as to how those values apply in this case. First, our official esports tournament broadcast was used as a platform for a winner of this event to share his views with the world. We interview competitors who are at the top of their craft to share how they feel. We want to experience that moment with them. Hearing their excitement is a powerful way to bring us together. Over the weekend, Blitzchung used his segment to make a statement about the situation in Hong Kong in violation of rules he acknowledged and understood, and this is why we took uh, action. Every voice matters, and we strongly encourage everyone in our community to share their viewpoints in the many places available to express themselves. However, the official broadcast needs to be about the tournament and to be a place where we are all welcome. In support of that, we want to keep the official channels focused on the game. Um, uh, yeah. I think I think it's not just the fact that they came down on him. It was the, the mass severity, the severity of what they did. Yeah. It was just like, oh, yeah, we're going to suspend you for like a month. If he did that, maybe people are like, yeah, okay. A full year, and they took his money. <laughs> they took his money away on top of that. That's like punitive damage. That like that wouldn't happen anywhere like else. Like I've never heard of that happening anywhere else in any, any sports league where someone s- spoke out about a social issue and we're going to take money away from you. Imagine if that yeah. happened in the no, NBA that's or insane. something. That's insane. Yeah, you want to keep things focused on the game, but you don't respond by like fucking slapping someone across the room and removing their money. Yeah. That that. I, I think they protest too much. Like it's it's a matter of you're not making it easy for us to look at this as any way other than you are concerned about your business ties in China. That's not a normal reaction to something. No, it's saying. not because when you because look at other sports. People get excited when they win, and when people are excited in their win, what, what are they feeling? They're feeling passion, and they talk about things they are passionate about. It's happened in all other sports. Sure. So for someone to literally say something like free Hong Kong, it's not like he was up there cursing and swearing and say, literally free Hong Kong. And remember, they, they also suspended the, the broadcasters. Yeah. And I feel the like interviewers. I feel like the too. broadcast that was even their explanation for that is even worse. And I feel like they're just holding on some sort of uh, suspension for the broadcasters because they, they feel like they, they have to. Um but yeah, with regards, all they really touched upon here was with regards to the casters. Remember, their purpose is to keep the event focused on the tournament. That didn't happen here, and we are setting their suspension to six months as well. What could they have done? Well, they could have said, "Don't say it before it." It sounded like they knew it was coming, but I don't know. The whole thing's icky. The whole, th- obviously, the whole thing is icky. The specific views expressed by Blitzchung were not a factor in the decision we made. This is in a Blizzard statement. I want to be clear: our relationships in China had no influence on our decision. Well, we know that's bullshit. We just we just know it is at this point. Yeah, there's no. <laughs> it's, just, it's bullshit. We know the money at stake. We were seeing with the NBA the same exact time. They've already banned South Park because for the for their episode uh, a, a couple weeks ago for criticizing China about you know uh, by having basically state mandated entertainment. That's basically what it is. It's state mandated entertainment. You d- don't say anything against the state. I mean, that's what it is. It, it's crazy uh, if this was happening in any other if the, if something similar was happening in any other country this would not be the response. Oh, in terms of someone speaking out? Yeah. Yeah. Like 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 if he said if this person came out and said, you know, uh let's just say he he had a problem with another country or did another political message. Yeah, I don't think he would have been a year and we'll take your money. If he said something like, I don't know, uh, the US are imperialists, 
there would be controversy. Yeah, I don't think they would have suspended him for a year and taken away all his money. I just don't think that would have happened. No. There might have been some punitive. I don't think it would have been that. Nope. It's this, It's the severity of this, which is so telling. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous here. Um, and I think the other issue people had as well was that like it, it was arbitrary. There wasn't like set guidelines, I think, for the punishments and anything anyway. No, it so, was basically their, their, their uh, guideline was more or less uh, as we like if you make us look bad to our best of determination, like it was nebulous. It wasn't ever it didn't specifically say no political speech. If that's the case, and then you really have a leg of stand, especially with the severity. It's like, well, we'll find you, we'll find you. I don't know half a tournament's winnings or and thirty day suspension. Just say, okay, here's a here's a year off. Like what? Yeah. Essentially, the the rule was, you know, if you say something that makes Blizzard look bad, we can can you and take your money. So I mean, it's very true. They're very they're very scared about how they look in China. Yeah. Well, this is what's funny is if this is the only time we've heard about this ha- happening, then you, obviously you know what it is. And so, so supposedly there's going to be protests at the, the BlizzCon's coming up soon, right? BlizzCon's going to be a fucking mess. Oh man, we won't be the, the top news this time after BlizzCon. <laughs> um, it's going to be um, what is it going to happen? Uh, BlizzCon. It's going to be in Anaheim. We can go. We can do live coverage from the floor. Yeah. So supposedly there's going to be some sort of protests. Uh, obviously, they're mitigating the damage. The, the problem with these entertainment companies, and we're seeing with the NBA and the representatives, is that they're walking this really, it's a tightrope that you cannot really walk. We're saying, well, well, we're just we're just doing entertainment for this gigantic uh, country, and so we, we, we don't know, we, we got to just appease them, but we also know there's this people that value free speech, and we can't go against them. You can't walk the tightrope after a while. You just can't, and this is showing it. Yeah, you you at, at some point something wins out. The values win out that you stand for, or else it's the, the money wins out. I mean, that's it. It's the business version of of when a friend group is like, can we all just get along? I mean, at, at some point there's going to be a breaking point, and at some point <sighs> you need to say something. Um, yeah, in the NBA. I mean, LeBron James last night put out put out one of the oh, weakest statements. So weak uh, about well, oh, you got to watch what you say. You could have waited a week to say it, and it's just like oh, and said he wasn't educated when he said it. Yeah, he said Daryl Morey from the Farakas wasn't educated, which is even Jesus Christ, even more insulting. Yeah, um, and we know it's just selling sneakers through Nike and the potential NBA untapped market. They're getting in there, and they're all making individual money going over there. Like China Clay's a thing. China, you know, Clay Thompson goes over there and gets a ton of money. Steph Curry goes over there. You know, it's just, it's it's a this is a this is something that's not going to go away. It's going to this is going to happen more and more now that the market's opened up for more and more things, especially movies. And I wasn't joking about the movies thing. I heard, I I heard that <clears throat> who someone told me this. I don't know if it's true or not. That Top Gun Two has Chinese investors in a small amount. They changed a few of the patches on Maverick's uh, leather jacket from the original. Because one supposedly one was um, I think one was a Japanese rising sun or something on on his jacket, and one was something else, some sort of Asian symbol. I don't have it in front of me. They they changed the patches on his jacket for the sequel. Because in all versions. Well, for the movie they're making. Yeah, I know. In all versions of it, like that's... I guess so. Wow. Just take take the, I, I take know the patches things, off his jacket. I know that things like there are games and movies that get released in China that have that sort of stuff changed in post, but I I don't I didn't know that it like. It's pretty big if it's just, you know, changing it all around. And why wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, here we go. Top two changes. Top Gun 2 changes Maverick's jacket to appeal to China. This is from Screen Rant. Uh, let's see. What have they changed? The removal of the Japanese and Taiwanese patches. So there you go. And that says something that you may not notice, but it adds up when this happens more and more. Sure. That's the bottom line. That's something so silly, I would think, who cares but if I guess the Chinese government would be like, we don't want anything even remotely tangentially related to any of our of our foreign you know our foreign adversaries you know, when it comes to this stuff. There. All right. Okay, we're gonna move on. All right, uh, Ian. So there's some backlash happening with this Enchanted Portals game, which is which is interesting. We might have a, a different take on this, but let's let's go, let's see what this is about. So Enchanted Portals is a game that's up on Kickstarter right now. It's a no, it's uh, coming to Kickstarter. Oh, it's coming to Kickstarter. October 24th, um, I believe. It's a uh, run and gun shooter in the vein of uh, Contra, uh, or in the vein of a game called Cuphead. 
which and it uses similar art. Um, it uses a similar art style. It uses uh, the rubber hose art style that was popular in the early 1900s for cartoons. The 30s, late 20s to the 30s, yeah. Where everything's so, wavy and bouncing and moving. Yep, and they all have Pac-Man eyes. Um, the company uh, by Zizo Game Studio um, has received a shitload of backlash online um, after the trailer has come out um, because it's obviously trying to do the rubber hose art style, which uh, Cuphead did, and it's using the exact same style of gameplay that Cuphead did, which is the yeah, you're, gun shooter. You're two like witches, a boy and a girl, and you're shooting instead of with cups a, with a with a wand, and then you're flipping in the air and doing a twist turn, which is like Cuphead and also Contra, where you do like a you know um, somersault in the air. And it's been shown that a lot of the bosses look similar. There's similar boss patterns, similar boss setups. Uh, there's the sitting boss. There's a um, a big boss that looms over a wall like it also does in Cuphead. So it's being called a, a ripoff, um, and it's been getting a lot of, a lot of shit. I, I'm kind of of two thoughts on here. Um, well, first, I'm going to say the trailer's backlash in the trailer. The trailer has 200,000 views of... Uh, it's almost 6,000 thumbs up and almost 6,000 thumbs down on it. So it's like split there. It's split. And Cooperative I, 2D platformer. I I don't necessarily believe that they deserve all the backlash they're getting. Um, however, I, I think it's very silly of them to expect that they would not have gotten backlash when it's not just the art style. It's not just the gameplay. It's also various setups. Like some of the boss setups look incredibly similar. Um I don't think that just because it was the same art style or the same gameplay, it would necessarily constitute something that should receive a lot of backlash. Um, but I mean, because art styles, everyone mimics different art styles. It, it's I true, mean, but almost no one's been using this art style. And well, run and guns are not popular, so to take the same art style and make another run and gun with it definitely says we want some of that Cuphead money. I'm sorry, there's no way to say it other than that. Um, but, Especially when you're trying to go for similar boss setups and levels. Sure. I mean, it's, it's what's called in the game world. It's 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 actually it's it's one step. It's not exactly a clone. Uh, it's above a clone, but it's just derivative of the genre. Yeah, uh, that um, said, video uh, games are like this all over the place. I think it's the art style being somewhat unique and not used very often that is really yeah uh, that's really giving it a lot of uh, that that's causing them a lot of problems. Like I said, there are some other issues in terms of. Um, what look to be similar enemy setups and things like that. But, I mean, I'm sure at some point someone thought that an RPG that was done with an anime style was also derivative of something else. Uh, that said, I don't see there eventually ever being naturally a whole bunch of rubber hose art style shooters. Like, it's obvious what they're trying... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, to me it's clearly obvious that they want people to look at it and go, Cuphead, and buy it. Yeah... Because you're allowed to do the same genre of a game. Sure. I mean, there's. I mean, otherwise you you could say all the first person shooters are all ripoffs of each other. I, yeah, it, it's probably yes. It's the strong way. It's the incorporation of the of this very particular animation style that no one's that it's not used ever in modern. Like you can't find anything animated in this anymore. Like in entertainment, right. you just don't uh, for a reason. Um, and the fact that it's a shooter, and it, it even it even looks like I haven't even played that much Cuphead, but yeah, the way the way you move looks similar, the way they jump in, the way you shoot looks similar, the way things are set up, yeah, and uh, that's my problem with it. Well, that's lazy. Um, that's obviously lazy. Yeah, they could have changed it up a bit, but maybe they said we want to, you know, the amount of effort obviously put in this game is still a ton by the animation. Sure, you know, it's not like they're it's not like they're stealing the artwork. You know, they're not stealing the assets. You know, they they, they still have to draw this shit. You know, um, they still have to code it somewhat, unless they somehow got the source code to how everything shoots. But I'm guessing some of that's out of the box. You know, uh, game code you can get. You know what I mean? Like you can get some of this stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I think they should. You should be allowed to do a game like this. And if it's if if it changes enough of the the style, then so be it. If not, it doesn't do well. Um, and then they don't make another game like this. Like you said, the run and gun genre is not a big genre. It just isn't anymore. And and Cuphead wouldn't have been as big as it was if it didn't have that particular animation style. It also feels yeah. very. I mean, it's, it's it feels an, really it's incredibly responsive, yeah. and snappy game. So if, if this feels nice, people will like it. If it feels like crap, people won't play it probably at all. The, but the, the amount of attention this game's gotten from this is is insane. I'm not sure if they if they realize they'd get this sort of backlash 
doing this? I don't know, but it it's worked out for them because the audience now is going to be bigger no matter what. Because if people like Cuphead, I'm like, you know what? I want to play a game similar, and I don't see a Cuphead sequel coming around. They'll play this. I mean, they they'll try it. Why not? The the views that I saw online uh, were split very like obviously very extreme. It was uh, this is awful. Harass these people. Which well, th- those are not real. That's people. awful. That's the incel crowd. Yeah. And then there are the people who are who are like tripping over themselves i feel like to defend it and be like well you can do this i'm like you can but that doesn't mean that it's you're not yeah you have to be careful about let's that. be clear this is not copyright infringement in any way no this is not, not trademark infringement you're allowed to ape a style of game you're allowed to do it otherwise there'd be no video games dark um, i mean there's dark souls i mean there's similar dark souls clones all over them i mean the market those i mean that that do things very similar like i'm playing code vein code vein has something called missile that acts just like a fire and does the exact same thing yeah. so i mean that happens from game to game i think it's just because it's a very unique art style here you know dark souls is largely dark fantasy you know that's a that's a broad thing rubber hose animation is a lot more narrow than say you know dark fantasy um and then yeah you mix it with the run and gun gameplay similar animations in terms of like how they actually move boss setup and i think that's the problem yeah the it's boss not... setup i'm looking at the boss setup comparison i think that's what's most troubling to me personally yeah that's what that's that's exactly um, it. it's not it's look... it's it, it's all of it together if someone had just done a rubber hose run and gun that was more of an homage to cuphead i don't think we'd be i don't think anyone would be receiving this sort of backlash yeah. it's There's, the fact it's, that it it's sounds all like, so similar yeah it sounds like they're fo- they're following selling the ebbs and flows of the game it looks like because i'm looking at it there's a comparison picture between the different bosses shown in both yes. and how the setups are somewhat similar. It was both sitting on a cha- chair, the, the, you know, hitting the, the, the piano notes versus a guy above, uh, looks like with a gambling uh, setup, uh, playing some sort of gambling game, uh, you know, dragons. and It's got uh, the same beats. Two ships on the right side of the screen. So, yeah, it has the same beats. I think that's where it becomes... That's where it inches towards the clone territory more. Now, it's not like a pack. Here's the thing. When Pac-Man came out, there wasn't really a maze game genre that existed, and Pac-Man helped blow it up, and then there was dozens and dozens of of Pac-Man clones that came out. They were allowed to exist, Um, and some aped closer and closer to Pac-Man than others. Some, Some, like Ladybug, really changed it up, or Mousetrap changed it up. But there were some that were literally go around and collect items and stay away from the enemies chasing you. With nothing else different about it, sure. And they they existed at the time because there wasn't a lot of genres for video games. Now, yes, now that there's so many more, it's probably less excusable to have something come inching this this much closer. So that's all I'm going to say. It's like it's a shame that they couldn't do something that much different. But you know, they they're they're aping a successful product. Yeah. And, and- I would love to see this get changed up a bit because for a two-person team, um, the art is cute and they're doing you know a pretty good job with it. I just it's just kind of unfortunate. Yeah, you could have you could have done this and made your own game without you know continuing down the whatever. It's it's a bummer. I don't wish them any harm. I hope that they they you know I hope that still get out of this. There's a ton of work put into this. This animation's all. You know, somewhat hand drawn or fake, fake, fakey looking hand drawn. So, all right, Ian, you know we're the official poker news podcast sometimes. Oh, as well. Okay. Um. So this is something we'll bring up real quick. I'm not sure how far we're gonna get with this. A poker lawsuit filed. Live game cheating allegedly scandal. Poker players file a thirty million dollar lawsuit against suspected cheaters Mike Possel and Justin Caratus. Lawsuit also lists King's Casino, owner of Stone's Gambling Hall, and other unnamed conspirators as plaintiffs. Okay, so they do uh, a lot of these live poker events nowadays aren't on TV anymore. They they stream a lot of them, and there's a huge audience for watching cash games, you know, stream live. Right. So this is this was uh, this is a controversy with a player named Mike Postle, who was a regular at this uh, Stone's uh, Gambling Hall uh, at the live streams, and usually these these games. Uh, happen the same similar format as you see on TV. You have commentators. You have you can see everything, the whole cards, the percentages. It's really amazing that they really switched the TV production to the internet. So so what's what's happened, what's been revealed um, the past couple of weeks, is there's a serious allegation against, against this player, Mike Postle, for cheating. And this is what's been going on. Uh, Mike Postle, uh, and these aren't higher, like st- extremely high stakes, as far as I know. These are like, you know, $5 and $10 you know, blinds here. 
which means that you know big blind ten dollars, small blind five dollars. You can still play big pots if it's if it's no limit. But this is what's been happening. This this particular player has had all his his uh, winning records at, at, at these games tracked. And he's like one of the best players in the world, according to like all the stats in terms of he's won, I think it was like 16 out of 17 appearances he won. He was in the positive. And for any player, good or bad, that's incredible to have that many winning uh, winning sessions. And then when they started examining particular hands, it started to get strange because he was making laydowns uh, and folding like hands that you wouldn't expect a regular player to fold, and he was betting hands that you would not expect a player to ever fold. Excuse me, I mean to, to play. There was one hand in particular that was studied, and and go look at there's a there's a bunch of poker uh, YouTube channels that that are that are that are big channels that do news, um, you know, but one one hand in particular where he played uh, out of the open, he had a five four. And then there was two players that were raising that both had ace king. Now, if one player is ace king and you have a five four, you're screwed. You're, you're going to lose. Uh, you know, you're going to lose eighty to ninety percent of the time. But if two players even have an ace king, that eliminates their chance of getting a pair. Obviously, it, it cuts it in half because they both have the same cards. He played that five four in that spot, and even the announcers at the time were like, "Well, this is interesting. Like, what's going on?" So there was a lot of plays like that that happened where. You wouldn't do that even if you were a high-end player. You wouldn't play. So they started examining the footage more. They started noticing that this player, Mike, was staring at his crotch during matches where his phone was. And these were and these were uh, live planes where they phones were supposed to be banned from these. They're supposed to be banned entirely. Just, no, no phones because of potential cheating, which, how do you do that? But then also, you know, just whatever, distraction, whatever. Well, they never really enforced it. So he'd be looking at his crotch during hands and then going up and then betting. And they, they've started to analyze more and more uh, with this stuff. Doug Polk is a, a big and really funny uh, YouTube poker commentary, and he plays professionally, and he's been looking at this as well. So then they figured out. So one of the players that this guy played with in, in these live sessions uh, figured out how this could potentially could get done. So this is the thing, Ian. The, the, all the cards that are made for these these telecasts have an RFID chip in them to identify the particular card in the deck. Gotcha. That's how you know when people are looking what cards they put on the screen. Right. So it's, oh, not, it's not by just a camera. That Originally, I think they did it by looking at the yeah. camera. But now it's automatic. You can't be off. They all have an individual chip in the deck to know. And it's registered with the producer, so they know. And it all comes out. So it's not someone manly saying, oh, ace of clubs, oh, right. seven of hearts. It's, it's automatic. It's all tracked. Yeah. So it's tracked somewhere. In the back, they have it. They have that information. So it was revealed there's a way to do this. That you could send someone a URL if you had the information from the RFD reader. You could send it to someone and they can bring it up on a web browser and view it. Oh. They could view the whole cards of everyone. So then things started getting weirder. Gross. So then people, and then here's the thing it, it's just like a blue screen. And it literally just, it's literally like looking at an old-style computer game. It's like, you know, player one, these two cards. Player two, these two cards. Player three, these cards. So then they actually found a screenshot of Mike Postle's phone having a blue screen. Like the same, like, we're talking like blue screen of death blue. Like yeah. it's particular. So this is why this loss is going forward because this is, this is a huge scandal where you have someone cheating who's playing, but also for, for, for the way for this to happen – Allegedly, Mike would have to have been in cahoots with someone from the production team. Uh, That's the only way for this to have, to to could be possibly be occurring. Oh uh, boy, it's really, really, really dirty. Yeah, really dirty, and it doesn't look good because the arguments from professional poker players is like, if this guy Mike is this incredible, why is he playing such low stakes? Why isn't he playing high stakes? If he's right. this good, he could be winning hundreds of thousands of dollars, not just winning thousands. Or 10000 when he shows up. It, the whole thing just stinks to high heaven here. Like, this is bad. Yeah, that's gross. Matt Berkey, he was the guy that demonstrated, there's a YouTube video, he demonstrated how someone could potentially do this, and it looks like he could potentially be right, because he's actually a guy that's worked with RFID stuff uh, in okay, his career. Okay, so he understands it. And, and he's been around it. And so now, this is the thing, is that I don't recall this ever happening before, uh, there's been poker players accused of angle cheating or trying to, you know, fake fold to look at cards before right. or do things like that, or it's called angle shooting, but not being in cahoots with a production company using technology to know what other players are playing. 
That I mean, if this was the old West, people would be shot for shot, doing. Yeah, they'd be shot for this stuff. Like there's there is an honor amongst poker players where like cheating is heavily heavily, or even angle shooting and like trying to get an edge in certain weird ways is is heavily frowned upon. Yeah, here. that person's not going to do well. So if this goes to a, a lawsuit and if they bring in a third party to investigate this, this this is bad for this casino. It's bad for the production company. It's obviously a bad for Mike Possel. Um, yeah. Oh, his his. Uh, let's see. Uh, his high win rate resulted in more than three hundred thousand dollars in estimated profit, according to this article on CarPlayer.com. It's more than six six times six times what some of the top players expect to earn. So he is outperforming the top end professionals at these games. So. Look into it. Watch Doug Polk's video, and Doug Polk's a funny guy uh, as well. His commentary is really good on this stuff. Um, yeah. Is, is it interesting? I think it's fascinating. It is. It's it's wild. I don't have a lot uh, to say on it because I don't know much about that stuff, but that's that's crazy. That, I mean, the, the, amount potential. Of, the amount of cooperation that has to be going on is... It's someone in the, in the production team that has to say, okay, here's what we, we have on our reader. We're going to send it to you on your... Yeah. Uh, it has to be, I think, like an Android phone. Uh, to do it. it has yeah. to be like Internet Explorer or something like that. I, I watch Matt Berkey's video as well because he he goes through it and it seems like he could be on the money with this. Uh, and there's also uh, uh, libel lawsuits thrown on top because now the people that are coming out coming out for this Stones Casino has said, "Oh, this fabrication. They're making it up." So there's like this is this is a fraud lawsuit uh, against Mike Postle and Stone Gambling Casino and this uh, this curator who I believe is the producer for potentially covering this up as well. All right, interesting poker topic. All right, Ian, we have a Patreon. We do. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. Uh, money gets you writing. Uh, videos, <laughs> uh, full video podcasts. Uh, a hangout with me. Uh, and uh, and dessert. No, it's, and, not, it's not a lean cuisine. Man. No. And a uh, <laughs> we do a Patreon poll topic uh, each, each week. All right, so in third place this week, what pinball slash arcade games would be in your dream arcade? 16%. Uh... Favorite board games, 25%, number two. And number one, I'll have to say, you know, this is the, the, the most voted on topic poll we've ever had in terms of total votes. Has Pat retired from game collecting? I mean, that's kind of baity. Number one. Want, people are going to sure that. Number one at 59% has Pat retired from game collecting. Well, Ian. Yes, it, Patrick. I, I've made no secret on the podcast that uh, I've had three main collecting goals based upon my childhood uh, video game console playing, which was the NES, Sega Master System, and TurboGrab 16. Now, I did have the Super Nintendo as well, but I, I went to the PC soon after that. So those three consoles is what I focused on as a kid. Master System, not as much, but I always loved it. Basically, the three 8-bit systems we had in North America. Right. The, the three major 8-bit systems. Remember, TurboGrafx is 16-bit color only, but fooled you. So for a while, it's been a while, but I, I was searching for the last Turbo CD games I needed. And I, and I got the last couple, last few in the past year. And I finally got the last one in front of me. Should I show everyone? Sure. There it is? There. Here's the last one I got. Sid means terraforming. Everyone be happy for Patty. <laughs> Everybody, Wang Chung for Pat's collection. Everybody's so, happy for Patty. So here's the thing. I, I, I don't have any more games that I'm actively searching for to complete sets we'll just say your collections um you got your buster it, douglas manual right yeah yeah the, the monkey paw version of buster douglas i got from chris kohler without the manual <laughs> i passed that on someone else like a year and a half okay. ago <laughs> gotcha. yes yeah so master system is master system is done complete in box or complete in case for north america nes is done for cartridge and then manual for all but like three games that i'll probably never get i'm not going for full box and turbo graphics is all basically everything but the box uh, because remember there were th those later uh, TTI games didn't have right. uh, CD cases so I have the basically the game in manual all the CD games have the case uh, only the original CD games had boxes later on they just put them in shrink wrap only yeah only like 20 to 25 turbo games CD games had boxes something like that the rest didn't or actually only half there's only about 30 uh, 35 to 40 CD games total anyway right so I'm done I'm done with like seeking out these these like uh, these high end hard to find games like the Panesian games. Remember last year I finally finished the Panesian games. Yes. And while I'm spending a good amount of money getting these last games, I'm not going to find a game like this in the wild. Yeah, I can try to get like a uh, a buy it now off eBay, but hell, my copy, I believe, 
was a snipe off eBay that someone put on and someone got and they re- they flipped it a few months later then Pat has to pay the upcharge on. I mean that's basically what you're dealing with with these with these hard to find games. I mean a game who like had the, to pay the upcharge on it? Me. Oh, well, I okay. mean like cause someone I, I, cause I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't know if you're talking about you or a different Pat. So I was uncertain. A different Pat? <laughs> oh. Um like third person Pat like the rock. Um but but so when when these rare games come about nowadays in order to get them cheap, you either got to find them if someone doesn't know about it, but even the buy it now that someone put on it was the price of this game like maybe a year and a half, two years ago. Right. It wasn't un- an unrealistic number, but I had to pay more than double to get it because, you know, it, save searches, you get them late, you know, if you don't have like a bot going to alert you. So yeah, the person I got this from made like several hundred dollars profit for nothing, for no work at all on it. And then I got to pay, I got to pay the, pay the piper on it. So, um, it's 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 interesting. I'm not gonna. I'm still gonna look for games to buy uh, here and there, uh, like weird games. Like there's I, just nothing on your list. There's nothing on there's the list. There's things that you can see that you would want to buy, but there's nothing on your list that you're looking. Yeah, for. I like weird Super Nintendo games. Like working on a certain Super Nintendo guidebook. Through, I picked up about five six games that I read about from the writers. I'm like, oh, this sounds interesting. I want to pick it up. I'm like why not? Like like weird crap. I was always into weird crap, like the Hurricane Super Nintendo game. Where it was like a dumb TV show no one liked, right? And like, how did that even come out in North America about a soccer playing uh, uh, team from Hispaniola? That's the Hispaniola Hurricanes was a Super Nintendo game. Mm. I see that in Europe, but not here. So stuff like that, I'll still like be like, okay, that's interesting. I'll pick it up. I'll still look, like interesting PC games, but I'm not trying to complete any more sets. Like the sets is done, and that's what really hurts your wallet, and that's what's a pain in the ass, and that's the, that's the grind is trying to complete sets of several hundred games. That's what wears you down. Looking for individual games, like oh, you know, like maybe I try to like I thought about doing like a Chase HQ subset of games. There's like eight to ten uh, Chase HQ games. Like that'd be interesting, you know. Not including the arcade one, never came out in the system where it was like a side-scrolling, like running gun shooter with the two guys, which was weird, you know. But I thought about doing stuff like that. I actually got, I actually picked up the Famicom <laughs> Chase HQ game just in case I wanted to do it. Nice, you know. But there was like a Saturn game, so. You know, Ian, you've never been a set collector, so you've always been more in the mentality of where I'm probably be- being now, where it's like, yeah, you want interesting things here and there. Yeah, but I just want not... interesting things and things that I want to play. Things you want to play. Plus, you know, I'm getting old. I've been doing this for 20, you know, 20 years. I've been collecting since, like... There's a Chase HQ side-scroller? I can't arcade find game. one. Yeah. It wasn't called Chase HQ. Oh, but, okay. But it's the same guys. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. I know, I know you got to start searching for... I was for... like, hmm. I think I've seen the arcade, like, once. It plays kind of it's it's uh I think it's Data East. It it looks like it plays kind of like Sly Spy-ish kind of or Rolling Thunderist a little bit, but it's like a side scrolling, you know, running gun shooter. Chase HQ's Tido, so Oh, it's Tido. Yeah. So but it plays like that. You know. Hmm. I think it's one or two players, I believe, with either one of the two agents in the car. Anyway, yeah, so that's uh that's 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 uh the you know, not the sun setting for good, but I'm I'm reaching the twilight of my game collecting years. Um, there's not going to be a huge amount more I buy. Yeah, I have a list of stuff I want. There's going to be label upgrades for, for NES games here and there. I, I still can't find a Wario's Woods with a decent label, Ian. They sabotaged them all. Oh, they all look like shit. I don't know what the hell Nintendo was thinking. Yeah, just use, like, you know, paste from a glue stick on those. <laughs> They're all crinkly. Anyway, so, yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, now that I'm at the twilight here, I can get the game room set up, get it cleaned out, and uh, I'll probably, you know, at Port- we're going to be at Portland. It'll be really interesting to see what I'll look- get at Portland. Because the last two game conventions I went to, I don't think I bought games. I'm looking for arcade stuff. I've moved on to that. Oh, you're, oh, you're going to look down at our- us console collectors? No, but arcade- like, I'm, I'm thinking about what, what I for? want, and I have most of the black and white Game Boy stuff that I want. I am buying some Game Boy Advance stuff again ever since I got that Game Boy Advance from that uh, listener who made me that really nice one in Long Island. Um, But no, so I have the arcade machine. Uh, Skyler, uh, kindly, very kindly, I opened up my fucking door the the other day and there was a uh, Darkstalkers board. Uh, there, but I need, but it's a CPS two board, so I need the heart, the bottom part of it, the black bottom. Yeah, so I okay. need to buy, I need to buy an A board, and then I told Trig about it, and he was like, "Oh, I think I have a couple left in the back room. If you want to oh. grab them, we'll figure it out later." So there was no A boards, but I also picked up Super Puzzle Fighter Two Turbo, and I have X Men vs Street Fighter. So I went from no arcade games to four arcade boards. <laughs> that was the one I used to build my main machine, X Men vs Street Fighter. Gotcha. Back in the day, I remember I sold all the extra parts to it. So, um, but three of those are CPS too. I need an A board. Okay, 
That's what I'm looking for. What did they go for? Like hundred bucks? About a hundred, something like that. And, and I mean, you can, I've seen them as low as seventy five. So you're gonna be swapping out CBS boards instead of getting like a multi cart sort of thing. You're gonna be swapping them out. Yeah, I need a kick harness too. But what's, honestly, Vani is what's a kick harness? Uh, so arcade boards, Jamma uh, only recognizes up to three buttons. So okay. to play something like Street Fighter or whatever, you need well, it makes sense. It's called a kick harness. It lets you recognize three more buttons. You like plug it into the main board? Yeah, you plug it in underneath and then attach it. It's a separate little board. So. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So, Ian, are you proud of Pat? Ian thought I was going to move on to something else. So. Why am I proud of Pat? <laughs> well, <laughs> for like two years, you're like, oh, Pat, you're going you're gonna to start collecting another system. You said that. Oh, I, I think, yeah. I know I, what I keep saying is you're always going to find something to collect, and that's very much the truth. Yeah, I've slowed down, though, a lot. You have. I mean, in terms of... Like, you have. What, you don't, you, don't, you uh, don't have three bins of shit to take home with you after, you know, one hour at a convention anymore. Well, yeah, that was the thing. I literally had when I go to Portland, I have a, a a box. Then again, it was so much cheaper, like six, seven years ago. Like sure. it was getting like a super batter up in the box for like five bucks. You know, it's like stuff like that. Oh, whatever the the and Super Nintendo swinging bat thing. Um, yeah, I have I have my bunch of handhelds. If you ever do Ian's Happy Handhelds, I have a couple hundred handhelds probably at this point. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm just maturing. It used to be that I would be constantly looking at eBay for games to buy. And now it's just like when it's, when it's like a weird whim or looking for this. Like even for this, you know, like I look every couple of months. It was it was almost like serendipitous. I found this for sale. It was a buy it now. And I, I did an offer and got it cheaper, thankfully, um, on it because it's more than I want to spend on it. And that's the thing. If you look at the, the, the money I've been spending, it goes up and up when you try to finish a set because it's so expensive. But the, the volume of games I bought the past year, I don't think I bought more than 10 games, 12 games the past year. Mm. I just don't think I have. That includes going to conventions and picking up one or two weird ones. I see like a weird that that weird Genesis uh, magic game, you know things like that, or like or or that one where you you fight poachers, the beat the brawler, you fight poachers, growl, yeah, stuff like that. I'm like, oh, that's pretty pretty cool. It's an interesting. So that's what's going to like attract me more and more is things like that, or getting like um like the plush, like like Luigi Mario plush down there. I, I found at a convention the updated uh, plush right there, stuff like that. Like that's the stuff I'm looking for, like the weird toys or like the weird. Uh, those like those uh, was it those Nintendo playing card giveaway things that Frank gave me last year that were the giveaway from what the hell oh, was yeah. it you know things like like that so anyway yeah you're not, you're not proud of Pat for proud I mean I'm me. proud of you I'm proud of you uh, <laughs> uh, it's not a celebration you should have a little those little pop things in the air woo so uh. Yeah, on that note, uh, I'd like to shout out Streamlabs OBS. Uh, we're not going to get to any Q&A today, unfortunately, because I've got to get out of here for work. Uh, they updated Streamlab, uh, I guess, last night, and um, it's been uh, crashing for everyone. So we had to, we had to start like drivers. 25 minutes late. Yep. So but, you don't want, me, want to keep the Goose game for, uh, yeah, for can, Portland? or we can keep. Yeah, we can talk about the popularity of the Goose game in Portland. We'll do that, and we'll do uh, we'll do whatever the, analog uh, announces. Yeah, analog. Come on, I love you, analog. But you got to uh, you got to announce this stuff before Tuesday. Uh, yeah. You know, you have every, <laughs> this is every year now. You announce it before Come Portland. On. Come on. Come on. We love you, analog. You're giving us free stuff. You know, but uh, you got to announce it before. <laughs> <laughs> I well, love them because they make a good product. <laughs> well, no, uh, yeah, but I mean, I'm shouting them out. They're they're great, but you got to announce before Shout Tuesday out for free stuff. <laughs> uh, let's see, analog announcement. Yeah, so Analog is going to announce something. All Ian gets his lift. Um, I think it, Ian suspects it might be a Game Boy. The colors seem to. The announcement is monochrome colors. So I'm you think assuming it's a, a handheld FPGA Game Boy. I, I'll be in fucking heaven. Let's put it this way: it, it won't have the failure rate of old Game Boys. It'd be a better screen. You know, I have uh, a feeling so- it will be them. Um, I have a feeling that they're going to basically do what Hyperkin talked about and is maybe still doing. They're probably going to put out a Game Boy uh, FPGA with pro sound capability and a bunch of bells and whistles. And it's, I'm going to fucking... Like awesome speakers. I'm going to lose my fucking mind for it. I'm going to lose my fucking shit. Just you wait. I'm going to shit myself <laughs> You're going to shit at Portland? Oh, I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I am going to fucking well, lose it if that's it. Because that's... I mean, you, people who know me know that that's... You walk into my house. My video game collection is not huge anymore. The biggest chunk of my video game collection is a shelf of PC Engine games and then like three fucking lunch boxes full of black and white Game Boy cartridges. Including, so this, ones, including ones that you borrowed from me years back and you haven't given back to me. The I, It was the... Uh, Legend of the River King and the battery doesn't work on it. I'll get it back to you after I get the battery replaced. And now you got we got another one you borrowed from me. Uh, uh, the, the Pokemon pinball. And there might be another one. Did you ever borrow, no, borrow a Dragon were... Warrior from me? No. No. Dragon Warrior was mine. 
yeah, I've, I've had that forever. Yeah, people are speculating online it's going to be a Game Boy. It's like going back a couple of months here. We should we should ask Kevtris because he's probably the one that did it. You know? Yeah. Uh, that's that's a mock up. A mock up I'm seeing has it sideways, which is awesome. With four buttons, it looks it, with a vertical screen. That's a great idea. Uh, there, I don't. Yeah, I think it's going to look. Right. I think they'll probably do. It's not going to look like Game Boy. I think no, it's going to be side. It'll be very nice. And I mean, people These, love that GB, the wider grip on the GBA. So yeah. probably that. Oh yeah, it's going to be a Game Boy. Now I see the now I see the announcement. Yeah, dude, it's a, it's Game, a Game Boy screen, but it's wider. It's, it's tomorrow at eight a.m. Damn it. Okay. So. The analog pocket, it might be called. That'd be cool. All right. Well, we'll see you at Portland this weekend. If you're if you're in Portland, Retro Gaming Expo, and I'll be. In Syracuse for Retro Game Con, November 2nd. Oh my god, what if it's an FPGA for like all the handheld systems? Every 8 bit. Oh, the Atari Lynx, maybe. It'll be there too. Oh my, oh my Jesus. Sega okay. ga- ga- fucking cartridge adapters. You know, the, you know the cores are done for for Game Gear, right? Because the, the, yeah. the Master oh, System yeah. one is done, right? What if there's a new pocket core? Adapters. Oh my god. I'm gonna, okay. I got to right, go. Ian. Bye. <laughs> Sa- save your money, <laughs> Ian. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> see, we'll see you later, everyone.